Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 143 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, I'm super excited to be here today. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Make sure you dip back into the archive and listen to some of the older episodes here on the podcast. And just so you all know and kind of get a sense of the cadence here, the rhythm here at Love Life Connection, is the first and third Thursdays of the month are a podcast coaching call where I bring on someone and I coach them through a question or a situationship in their life for about 20 or so minutes. So if you're interested in coming on to the show as a guest and getting free coaching with me, then email me at hello at veronicagrant.com and we'll get you set up. I have very limited spots available, um, but I do have some spots available right now. So if you're interested in coming on to the show, again, make sure you email me at hello at veronicagrant.com. And then the second Thursday of the month, I do a solo episode. And this is where I just talk about something that maybe is like a common question coming up with my clients or something that's coming up a lot on Instagram. Or sometimes it can just be something that I'm really thinking about and something that I really want to share with you. And the fourth Thursday of the month is when I bring on a guest expert to talk about something that they're an expert in and then relate it back to dating and relationships and how it can support you and in your growth. And if there's a fifth Thursday in the month, then there is no show. Uh, so that is the the rhythm. I hope that this um, 
I hope that you like this. And so let me know with your with some feedback, you can um, send me an email or you can let me know on Instagram. If you want more podcast coaching, if you want more solo shows, more guest expert interviews, I'm always open to shifting things around. This has just been a cadence I've been on for about the past, oh, I don't know, two or three months. And I like it. And I've gotten some good feedback. But always, I am interested to hear more feedback. So while you are listening to this episode, I am getting ready to head off to Peru. Now, some of you might be thinking, um, Veronica, weren't you just in Bali? And the answer is yes. And <clears throat> excuse me, and it's not my ideal to have two fairly big international trips so close to each other. Um, but you guys might remember that Stevie hurt his back earlier this year, all the way back in February and had surgery in July for a herniated disc. And pretty much from February until about his surgery, he was more or less bedridden. He couldn't walk more than, I mean, 10 minutes to be really pushing it without just being in excruciating pain. And we had a trip to Peru. And by trip, I mean our honeymoon to Peru planned for last April, this past April. And unfortunately, we had to change the dates and change everything around because Obviously, if you can't really walk or even sit up that long, then going to somewhere like Peru or really going on any trip is just going to be fairly miserable. So we had to rebook everything and weather-wise and scheduling-wise, November was really the best time uh, to to visit. And so that's what we're doing. And it just so happened that my retreat was also in September. So it is what it is, but I'm really excited to go. I've not spent too much time in South America. I was in Brazil a few years ago and my sister used to live there. And she spent a lot of time there and she thinks it's one of the best places to visit, underrated places to visit. And so I'm just really excited to um, eat all of the food. I'm just, that's what I mostly travel for is to eat all of the food and uh, do some hiking. And also we are going to take advantage of some of the Hilton points that Stevie has acquired from his previous job when we had to travel a lot and um, stay in some places on the coast in Peru and in Lima. So just really excited. So if you want to follow along with me, on Instagram, then make sure you follow me. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And it's also just generally the the best place, my most favorite place to connect with you all. So I'm always in my DMs. I'm always asking questions and connecting with you on Instagram stories and on my regular feed posts. So if we're not connected there, make sure you go over there. Veronica E. Grant, say hello. Let me know how you're listening to the podcast. Snap a photo of yourself or what you're looking at while you're listening and tag me so I can see it and say hello introduce yourself, tell me about your questions or your problems, and that will help influence future podcast episodes and guest experts and even programs and products and services that I create. Okay, so on to today's episode. I'm really excited about today's caller, and I think this is going to be a question that probably most of you all can relate. I often say like attracts like, and so for me, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I can intellectualize anything. I can solve just about any problem, put a goal in front of me, and I can reach it one way or the other, but you want me to you know, be vulnerable, show who I really am, show my emotions, um, go into a room of, you know, 20 people I don't know and connect like, no thanks. I mean, I, I, I work through this and I, and I begin, I've begun to do this in my life, but it doesn't mean it's easy for me or that it comes naturally. It's, it's very much a, um, 
it's very much a process and very much a learning process. And I'm always uncovering and learning new things and my limiting beliefs and blocks around doing this kind of stuff in my life. So I really believe that probably a lot of you all can relate to this. And I think that's because like attracts like. And uh, this is essentially what my caller's question is today. And that is she just has a really big fear of being vulnerable and of being seen, obviously, for fairly obvious reasons of fear of being rejection and like, what will people think, you know, judgment, all that kind of stuff. And the problem is, is that vulnerability is really required. And it's the gateway to not just loving someone else and being in a healthy, happy relationship, but it's also the gateway to self-love. If you're not familiar with Brene Brown's work, I highly recommend checking out pretty much anything she's ever done. I don't love most self-help books. I've talked about that fairly openly here on the show, but I would recommend pretty much any book that she would write or she well, will write in the future, but has written. And if you haven't ever seen her TED Talk, take 20 minutes, do yourself a favor and listen to that like literally right now. It's it's 20 minutes long and it just, she's so good. And she's also going to be relatable to you all. If you can relate to what I'm sharing about my relationship to vulnerability, because she's the same way. She's like vulnerability, emotions. I don't want to talk about that. And she's really gone through her own research and her work and it's impacted her own personal life. And she just talks about all that. And it's just a really, it's, it's, I mean, it's had like millions of Ted talk um, or millions of video views and has really put her on the map. So just Google Brene Brown TED Talk and you'll definitely find it. Okay, so do that though after listening to this episode because this episode will also be really helpful if you struggle with being seen and being vulnerable. So as you're listening into my conversation with Bailey, I want you to consider, are you afraid to be seen? And what do you believe will happen if you're seen for who you truly are? And did you feel like an outcast when you were little? And what's the relationship like with your mom? And was there another sibling growing up or just another person in your in your life growing up that got more attention and any attention that you did get, you felt like you had to earn through getting good grades at school or accomplishing something in sports or music or something like that? And are you highly intellectual and try to intellectualize your problems and solve them in your head rather than getting out of your head, getting into your body to, to quote unquote, solve them or heal them that way? So keep these questions in mind as you listen into my coaching call with Bailey. Hi, Bailey. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi, Veronica. So My question today is how do you get over the fear of being vulnerable with other people? Mm, I love this question. So tell me about it. Like when does this fear come up for you? It really comes up for me in most aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time being vulnerable in romantic relationships specifically or being open with men. But I also find it being an issue in other areas of my life, like with friends um, and even like uh, developing relationships with colleagues at work Mm -hmm. seems to be a pervasive issue for me. Mm -hmm. And what's the fear behind being vulnerable? Like, what do you think will happen? I think I'm afraid of being rejected by other people or not being good enough or of them, I guess, really seeing me, if that makes sense, like seeing who I really am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And what will happen if someone sees you for who you really are? I guess it's that they won't like me. They won't like it or they won't accept it or they'll think that there's, that it's, that I'm wrong or something mm-hmm. about me is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we were talking offline before we started recording, you mentioned you have done some work on the therapy. So what do you already know about this? So the work I've done has been focusing a lot on like childhood issues and Mm -hmm. sort of family relations and how that has influenced what goes on in my current life and relationships. And I think part of the issue was that when I was younger, I always felt like I had to earn love. Like I didn't just deserve it. I had to do things to get attention and love. And, um, I sort of felt like who I was as a person wasn't who I should be or wasn't accepted by my parents as being good or good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you definitely have the awareness and have been able to connect some dots between your fear of vulnerability and like the belief when you were younger, you had to earn love. Is that, does that feel true? Yeah. I, I sort of see where it comes from, but that's, kind of I've been stuck there I know where it's come from Mm -hmm. and I see how it's impacting my life but I I don't I'm not able to find a way to stop letting that fear rule everything Mm -hmm. okay okay so it sounds to me then and you can tell me if this is true um it sounds to me that okay you said you've done the awareness so you have been able to connect the dots but you haven't really um sounds like healed the wound or the or the pain which means you haven't really done like the experimental and um, integral work. Does that, or have you, or have you done that? It hasn't worked for you. Like where, where are you on that? Um, I feel like I don't know that I've really done it that much. I feel like it's also something that isn't just a childhood thing. It's like a continued issue I have with um, my mother, especially. Okay. So it doesn't, it's a, it's not like an old healed wound. It's like a continual reopening of an old wound. Okay. So the wound's never even been healed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, but we can agree that the wound became wounded, <laughs> opened up <laughs> in childhood, right? Yes, definitely. So that's certainly, certainly the core. So when you, um, when you are feeling triggered by your mom, and you feel like this is where the spoon comes from? Yeah, mostly. Okay. Okay. So when you're feeling triggered by your mom, you can even think of like the last time you got triggered, um, mm-hmm. whenever that might have been. Does it remind you of something that happened in childhood? Either a specific memory or like maybe an age or just kind of like a repeated thing that always happened with no specific memory tied to it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it kind of reminds me of, I don't know, maybe like second or third grade, um, and just really feeling like an outcast at school. Like I didn't, 
fit in with any of the girls and I hung out with all the boys, but you know, the boys didn't always want to play with a girl either. So it was messy. And I played on the boys baseball team. So I didn't play with the girls and I tried to play softball and I didn't really fit in and it didn't really work. So it just Mm -hmm. sort of felt like a lot of rejection from everyone at that time. Mm -hmm. Is that a, I'm just, this is kind of a curiosity question. Um, is this also been something that's going on the, um, as you've gotten older and even now that you have more guy friends than girlfriends or you just don't really feel comfortable around a group of women? Does any of that play into this as well? Um, it's gotten a lot better as I've gotten older. Okay. I, I definitely do think I have uh, a lot of male friendships, with, but as I've gotten older, I've developed more friendships with other women. Great. Okay. That was just a side note. Um, mm-hmm. so let's, let's go back to second grade, second or third grade. Um, and you're feeling like an outcast in school. Mm-hmm. So tell me about her a little bit. Um, about what I was like when I was that age. Yeah. Like why was she feeling like an outcast? Like what, what um, made you feel like that? Well, my brother was a little bit older than me, but he has, um, he's about four years older and he has a lot of uh, developmental and behavioral issues. So there was the, a constant focus was on him at home. There wasn't really any focus on me. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at school, I was very much a tomboy. So I didn't really fit in with the girls. I like to do things like camping and uh, going in the woods and playing in the dirt and I wasn't that interested in playing with dolls or wearing dresses or being girly in any way. Um, so I, and I also uh, was reading at like a much higher level. So I was going to reading classes at, in different grades and I wasn't reading the same books as my classmates and I wasn't doing the same work as them. I was doing higher Mm -hmm. level work. So I was sort of this weirdo in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that little second or third grader, um, Bailey, so your inner child, what, um, what's the story you, you have about her? What do you say about her? Mm, I don't know what my story is about her, what I would say about her. I'd say she's probably lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of awkward, <laughs> but I think everyone is at that age. Um, mm-hmm. And she's probably kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what did she do to compensate? Um, probably became extremely independent. So, you know, put on a front like you don't need anybody did everything on my own learned to play by myself spent most of my time reading because you don't need anyone to read with and reading is an escape it's a whole different world um so I think that's probably I spent a lot of time with my dad and my dad's friends mm-hmm. <laughs> who are all older um obviously adults so that was um, probably not a normal child thing to do yeah so let's um 
I think really where there's, there's two things that I want to do. One is I think that it will be really helpful to actually do some of the healing work. Cause like you have the connections. And so this is just helping me to kind of get a sense of where, where you were, where you are. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about mom in just a little bit. Cause I think that healing that relationship is going to begin to heal this um, vulnerability piece. Um, what I'm, what I'm kind of curious about before we do, before we do that is <clears throat> I want to really get a, for me, I just want to get a good sense of what the connection is between, and you felt like an outcast in school for, you know, a number of reasons and your brother got more attention at home. Were you afraid to be seen by your parents or like, how did your parents play into this and specifically in terms of your fear of being seen? I don't think I was afraid to be seen. I think I just wasn't seen unless I did something really good to deserve being seen. Okay. Okay. It, it was that my brother was the one who was always seen. Everyone was always paying attention to him. And then, you know, I was only seen if I did something good, if I got an A or I ate the test or I bumped up my reading level again or I did something like that. Okay. Okay. Understood. Understood. Okay. So I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, let's just take a moment here. And this is an exercise I call emptying the vessel. And so just imagine your body is a vessel. And over the next few breaths, just imagine every exhale, you're just clearing out the vessel. So any thoughts, beliefs, any even emotions, like just imagine all of that, just clearing out You can imagine it just pouring out from the base of your tailbone, going down into the earth so that you're getting into this place of emptiness. Not like emptiness as like in a heavy sense, but emptiness as just in like um, a space for something else to um, come into. So let's take a couple more breaths. And just really empty everything out. And then I want you to see your current day self in your mind's eye. So just imagine your own face. And then just like those little YouTube videos where you can see like how a child looks and then like an adult and then an older person. I want you to rewind the clock. So you see yourself go get younger, getting into your 20s, your teens, all the way until you get to about eight or nine. That's about how old you are in second or third grade. And when you get there, let me know. Okay, I'm there. Okay. All right. And so I want you to take a couple of breaths and really connect with this eight or nine year old. And I want you to feel what she's feeling. So whatever pain, whatever anger, whatever resentment she has, confusion maybe, whatever it is, I want you to feel that. And are you able to feel that? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel it in your body? 
like in my stomach. Okay. Is it like a knot kind of? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Like a rock. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tighter than a knot. Got it. All right. So keep your eight or nine-year-old self there. We're going to come back to her in a second. But first, I want to focus on this rock that's on your stomach. And I want you to imagine breathing into it. And because it's your stomach, it's a little bit easier to visualize that because your stomach literally can move up and down when you take some of these deeper breaths. And so that's what I want you to focus on doing. So focus or pretend, not pretend, but imagine that as you inhale, that you're breathing in this warm air, this light, and it's rushing all the way down into your belly right where this rock is. And just imagine all of this love and warmth and healing just washing over this part in your body that is feel, literally feeling this pain. And then you can exhale it out. And just if anything comes with it, that's fine. And then inhale and imagine again that, that pain, that discomfort, that rock in your belly. Let's just do that a few more times. Good. And then once you finish those few breaths, I want you to still stay here with that feeling in your body. And you've given it some love. And, and let me ask you this. How strong do you feel that feeling now in your body from a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I don't know, maybe 6 or 7. Okay, perfect. So it's still pretty up there, right? And so what I want you to do is imagine, or I want you to ask it. And don't tell me the answer right now or whatever comes up. I just want whatever bubbles up for you to keep for yourself. And then we'll talk about what comes up in a moment. But what I want you to do is, again, we've got this empty vessel. So ideally, there's nothing in your conscious. Obviously, it's not perfect, but you know, you're, you're pretty clear in your conscious except for your nine-year-old self and this rock in your belly. And what I want you to do is I'm going to tell you the question. I want you to ask it. And I don't want you to intellectualize it. I don't want you to think about what the answer is because You've done a lot of work on this, on this, on this issue, but it's all been very intellectual. It's all been very much in the head, right? Like you're very much aware of where this pattern came from, where this fear came from. And so I just want to make sure that we don't just focus on that because I don't think that's going to give you the support you need. What I want you to do is just keep clearing the vessel, keep everything, you keep feeling that emptiness and then just notice whatever bubbles up to the surface when I, when you ask it this question. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to ask the, that feeling, that rock feeling in your belly. You're going to ask, why are you still here? What do I need to learn? What are you here to teach me? What is it that you need? Just notice what bubbles up. And if you start to intellectualize or try to think of an answer, just know that's normal, it's natural, and let that answer go and and see 
what bubbles up intuitively from a, a deeper place, that place of emotion. And a couple more breaths. And then when you feel like you have an answer or something, even if you're not sure exactly what it means, you can release this image. And open your eyes for a moment, but we might drop back in again, depending on what comes up for you. Um, but tell me what came up. Um, the first thing that came up was just needing love, mm -hmm. needing acceptance, mm -hmm. not just from other people, but from myself. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me about that. Where do you feel like you're, um, yeah, just, just, Explain a little bit more. Let's start with that. Um, I think that I have a hard time like accepting who I am and mm -hmm. my like personality and the way that I am. Um, and I don't necessarily and I'm really good at loving and accepting other people. And that's my job as a social worker is all about that. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not very good at turning that around on myself. And I think I've internalized a lot of just all of those sort of mm -hmm. outside feelings from when I was younger. I'm still in there. Yeah. It's, it's really normal for us to have like a core wound that we got from childhood. And then, you know, we didn't get the love, right? You didn't get the love from mom or dad. You had to earn it. You felt like you had to earn it. Mm -hmm. And so we often do go into careers as adults. That's very helping and healing oriented, wanting to receive love that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. it's just, and um, that's just not how, how, how it works. So what I want to know is, I want you to tell me who you are. Describe, describe to me who you are. Um, I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind, and probably anyone that knows me would be independent, would be the mm -hmm. first describer. Um, I think um, strong, loyal, helpful. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pause you because everything that you're describing to me, it's not that those are bad attributes, but they're very much playing into this not being vulnerable. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? There's yeah. nothing wrong with being independent. There's nothing wrong with being strong. But sometimes like you've got to be um, like we, like we're social creatures. Like we need other people even if it's just like talk to because that's just how we're designed um yeah. and so I think it's great that you're independent I'm super independent but like also I want you to look at other parts of you that really are there but maybe you're shy to admit or mm -hmm. um you know don't want to talk about or don't want 
me to see it or anyone else to see it. So maybe if it's harder for you to describe who you are, like today as, you know, your current day self, it could be helpful and you can tell me if, if it is or not. Look at, you know, look at your inner child, your eight or nine-year-old self, or even go further back before this core wound even started to begin or before I became aware of what was going on and describe that little girl. Well, I think when I was younger, I was more fearless and I was more like outgoing. Okay. Um, and I was more open. Let's not say like I, w- I was more, just say like mm-hmm. I am. Okay. Because this is still a part of you. It's just covered up by a bunch of muck, but it's still there. So I don't want to, <laughs> you know, semantics is, are important, is important. So I don't want you to say, well, I was like this. Like I want mm-hmm. you to start believing that she's that part, those parts of you, they're still there. So mm-hmm. say all that stuff again, but just use present tense. Like I am. Okay, so I am outgoing mm-hmm. and open and fearless and affectionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like it's hard to think about more emotional side for me it's never been very easy mm-hmm. um, well it's not supposed to be easy so it's okay that it's hard yeah anxious <laughs> it's definitely something that's always there and um, I don't know So let's let's start tying all of this together. Um, so, and I've talked a lot about healing the inner child on the show and in the tribe. So I know this stuff isn't necessarily new to you, but I want to I want to drive home the point that having the awareness is only like one step of the process. So we're not going to have time to do it today, but what I want you to do is you can go back into the challenges from um, the love action tribe. It's the third, I think set um, of challenges in the membership area and work through some of that inner child healing, because you can talk about this all day long, right? Like about how your mom was or what childhood was like, or how awkward you were in third grade. And like, we get it. Like we know this is where the core wound came from, right? Like you get it. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that there's not another layer, not another like dot to connect. Like there always is. Like I'm constantly drawing new connections and it's just fun and exciting to be able to like dig under there and heal that. Um, but if you're not doing any of the digging and the healing, then then you're just building all this awareness. And that's why a lot of people feel like, well, I know why I'm doing that, but nothing's changing. And so the reason why I wanted you to connect with your body is because that's literally like, like you're literally feeling your pain 
there in your belly, mm-hmm. right? Like it's having a physical manifestation. And so because there's a physical manifestation, it actually makes it, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot easier to deal with the pain because you can feel it, right? Um, physically. So it's in present time. It's real time. And so um, in addition to doing some of the inner child work, I want you to, you know, when you do feel that pain and if it's like a rock in your belly or if you feel it somewhere else another time, I want you to just imagine sending love there as if you are also sending love to your inner child because that's really like, it's, it's, it's like her pain, right? And right. she's just showing up in, um, you know, in your, I don't even know how old you are, 20 something. <laughs> 29. 29. Okay. You're 20, your 29 year old body. Yeah. Right. And so, and also what I want you to do is when you do feel anxious and you do feel the fear, you know, because one thing you said is I, when I asked you, who, who are you? You said, well, I'm fearless. Well, that's not always a good thing. Cause like if there was a bear, <laughs> you know, when you're hiking, <laughs> you would want to feel some fear because that fear is going to kick in some adrenaline to get you to run or do what you need to do or, to, you know, to yell or whatever. Right. Like it's going to mm-hmm. help. you. Do so it's not about being fearless. It's about being able to work with the fear and the anxiety and not shutting down because like, Oh crap, I'm feeling these bad things. Like what's wrong with me? Right. That's how we shut down. Yeah. And so instead like having a conversation with like, hello, fear, I see you or hello, anxiety. I see you. Um, and, and sending it love, sending it comfort because it's a part of you. And so when we start getting into this habit of like, well, you're good, you're bad. You know, it's like that. I think it's from that movie half to bake or something like that, where the guy's like, you're cool. <laughs> you're cool. Fuck you. Or something like that. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I've never seen, it. I just know that one scene from whatever movie it is. Um, yeah. But it's, it's like, you can't like doing that for yourself is um, not really self-love because they're like, well, I, I love some parts of me, but I don't love the part of me that's anxious. Or I don't love the part of me that's, that's fear or whatever, but just see those as messengers and don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do that a lot. The, I love this part of me, but not this part of me. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you can begin to accept everything and do like this kind of process on your own, um, you know, Hey fear, what's going on? Sending a love, all that kind of stuff. Like that's pretty vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, we're, we can't even talk about being vulnerable with other people until we can get you to be more vulnerable with yourself. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, So here's, here's something I want to try. I often do this with clients when they're trying, when I'm helping them to relate with their parents in a different way. Um, uh-huh. You came to me with the belief. Um, I relate to myself. Like I'm, I have a fear of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Does that feel true? Yeah. Okay. What's a, not quite opposite. Cause you want it to be 100% believable. What's another way you can relate to yourself that's true, but is also towards where you're going. So for example, like, you know, I, I can relate to myself like I'm vulnerable is the opposite of what you came into me for, but you're probably not quite there yet. Right. Yes. Right. So what is a word or like a short phrase that could fit into that blank that would feel just totally true. And it's a new way you can start relating to yourself. Um, well, maybe instead of fear, it could be like nervous about being vulnerable. 
Well, you want it to be towards something you're moving towards. So it can be something like I relate, I'm just going to throw out an example. Like I relate Mm -hmm. to myself, um, like I'm a um, compassionate person or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I relate to myself like I'm a loving person. Mm -hmm. And does that feel like accepting person? Yeah. I like accepting because that's Mm -hmm. really like, I mean, either one is fine, um, but I really love accepting because um, accepting yourself is a big part of being vulnerable. (laughs) And and so that's like a direction. Yeah. And does that feel like totally true? Like, do you feel like that's like, you can say that and like, you're like, yes, I, that's me. Yeah. I feel like I am a very accepting person with like everyone else in the world. myself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so now it's just time to start turning that onto you. Mm-hmm. And you have evidence to show, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can be accepting. You I mean, you are accepting. It's not that you're, you know, it's not that you have the ability to be, but you are. Right. So there's no reason why you can't be like that for yourself too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so for you, like the theme, I think of this session is just to really start integrating the work and, um, you know, whether it's through journaling, through meditation, through visualization, you know, I, I outlined a bunch of different things you can do in that mm-hmm. theme in the tribe. Um, and then like really connecting with whatever part of you is feeling that anxiety, feeling that fear, whatever it is, um, as if it was like your own little girl, your own little eight or nine year old, I think it's going to be really important. Um, do you do any yoga or any kind of movement practice? Um, I run. I do yoga occasionally. I don't do it regularly. Okay. Do you like yoga? Do you like yoga? I I do like yoga. Okay. Okay. I'm going to encourage you to do yoga because I think anything somatic is going to be what's really healing because you've got to get out of your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so like you're literally feeling the pain in your body. And so I think, I mean, it can even like just be dance, right? Like if if you're feeling the pain in your body, like you can just put on some music and just dance and like really feel, you know, like, like, you know, become one with the pain. I'm like, feel the pain in your body or wherever you're feeling that sensation and like, and just moving through it and letting it move through your body and like inviting it in and like just having almost like this out of body experience. And I mean, yoga can definitely be helpful if the teacher is good and can help you get out of your head. Um, but even if they don't really, if the teacher isn't really into that kind of stuff, um, then you can do that for yourself. Cause if you're feeling some of that anxiety or that discomfort as you're doing yoga, you can just like move through it and like invite it in and just like have some space for you just to move, you know, just move the body and just got your head to work through it. Because I think that's, what's really going to release it. Cause we store pain, we store memories in, in the body. And it's not surprising to me that you feel this in your belly. Cause I, I oh shoot, I'm not going to get this right, but there's, Think about how your gut, your intestines, um, do you have digestive issues by any chance? Yes. Okay. 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 This is not surprising at all then. Okay. Yeah. This is putting a lot of pieces together. I bet if you're able to heal this and you're going to heal a lot of your digestion issues because, especially because you're feeling it in your belly, um, because uh, your 
digestive tract has like as many neurons as your brain or like more or something. So um, it's really real that we feel emotions and therefore store memories and pain there. Um, so anything you're able to do to like move through this, I mean, if you want it, I know you've done therapy. If you are interested in more therapy, I would highly recommend somatic therapy um, because that's going to get you really in touch with your body. Um, anything to move through the pain. Um, and I bet you'll notice that when you're having better or worse days, that your digestion is going to reflect that. If I was a betting woman, that's yeah. what I'd bet. <laughs> but, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Every time I'm like going to go on a date or have to go to a party or anything where I'm around people where I feel like I have to be vulnerable, my stomach is a wreck. Mm-hmm. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of fighting it, like invite it in. It's like, okay, okay, anxiety or or okay, fear, whatever you're calling it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I see that you're here and like have a conversation with it just like we did. And like, just imagine like, okay, right now I'm at a 10 or let's, let's say before you go on a date or a party, mm-hmm. you're at a 10 and then you do a meditation, you move through your body, you talk to the pain or the fear or the anxiety, whatever it is. And like, just notice where you can get it to and don't have the goal of getting it to a one or a zero. Right. Right. If you're at a 10, like what if you could just bring it down to a seven? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because then like, you know, when you're eventually like your worst will feel like a seven or eight, and then you can bring it down to a four or five and so forth. And just keep using these tools until you can get it down to a zero because when it was at its worst, it was only at like a four or five, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Was this helpful? Yeah, it was very helpful. Thank you. Good. Good. I'm so glad. What's your, what was your biggest insight or takeaway? Um, I think just the, I, I guess I figured since I've been doing therapy for so long, I've been doing a lot more healing, but realizing that like most things I've just been intellectualizing and I haven't really <laughs> been doing the feeling, healing, I guess you could say, yeah. um, which I get, I can't say I'm super surprised by, but I did sort of think, oh, but I've been doing therapy for so long and there's these things that are better. So it's, I'm doing the work, but I'm not really doing the work. I'm just connecting things in my mind. I'm not really doing any healing. Yeah. A lot of times therapy can be, um, you know, really useful if you need help making the connections. Once you have it, it may not, depending on the therapist and type of therapy, it may not be exactly, you know, what it is that you need. But if you are interested in more therapy, then um, I definitely recommend checking out somatic therapy. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was helpful. And of course, thank you, Veronica. All right. I appreciate it. It was good talking to you. All right. Thank you so much, Bailey, for coming onto the show. And as you can see, Bailey had a lot of good reasons to fear being seen. Now, we didn't dive into it as much as I would have liked. We ran out of time with her mom. But my guess is that has something to do with her fear of being seen. But also, just generally in third or fourth grade, she or second or third grade, she felt um, kind of like the outcast. And she had to earn her attention. Her brother got more attention. And so at that time in her life, you know, checking out and getting lost in books, that's one of the things she mentioned, was felt really safe to her and it felt really comforting. And she probably really did need that or definitely really needed that at the time. The problem is a lot of times with our coping mechanisms and what I mean by coping mechanisms are the things we do when we feel fear or pain or anxiety or just generally things we don't want to feel. 
a lot of times those coping mechanisms can last long beyond the situation in which we need them, right? So Bailey's obviously not a third grader anymore. She's not living at home anymore. And even though some of the dynamics in the family might be very similar, she's in a very different place in her life. And so therefore, we need different and new coping mechanisms to help her manage the fear and the anxiety that she's feeling with herself and among other people in her life. And so we spent some time connecting the dots in our call, but honestly, that was mostly just for me so I could see where she was. Once it became clear that we, you know, that she had talked a lot about this, she knew exactly where to pinpoint this. She knew about the relationship with her mom and her wounded inner child. Like we didn't really need to go into that very very much at all. Um, You might have noticed some calls that I do, we go into that a lot because those dots haven't been connected yet. Um, But just talking, talking, talking wasn't really going to do her any good. And honestly, on some level, it was just going to keep her playing out the same pattern of being in her head and intellectualizing it. Because even though things like talking it out and talk therapy are really helpful, at some point, we have to go another layer deeper beyond that, just building that awareness if we actually want to heal and to shift our emotions, state of being and our patterns. I hear a lot of people all the time tell me they have awareness around why they have these blocks or limiting beliefs or habits, but they don't know how to shift it. And this is how you shift it. You have to go beyond the awareness and actually go into the pain, work with the pain. And then from there, you can begin to then integrate new habits, patterns, and beliefs because you're no longer operating from a wounded nine-year-old, eight-year-old who doesn't feel like she's innately worthy of, of love. And so When I focus on healing, whether it's for myself or with my clients, I think it's really effective when you do it somatically, especially if you're highly intellectual and you have a really hard time connecting with just straight up emotion or you have a hard time connecting um, with a visualization. Sometimes that can be really hard for people who are really intellectual. But when you can actually feel the pain in your body, I mean, that's present time. I mean, think about just like rubbing your hands back and forth. You can actually feel that, right? So she physically felt that that rock in her belly. And so I knew that that was going to be the gateway to help her um, overcome or not to overcome, but to heal this pain because she could physically feel it. And for someone who's highly intellectual, that's just going to be a really, really easy way in. So if you feel like you have you struggle connecting with emotions or visualizations, even meditation, then try out this exercise and actually try to feel the pain. Like, where do you feel it in your body? Because we've always we've all felt that, right? Like if you've ever gotten a hit of butterflies or like, you know, maybe you got really nervous before a date and you just felt like your chest clench or something like that. Like that's all the same system operating. So it's happened to all of us. And you might just need to sit for a few minutes like I did with Bailey so that she can really just drop in, like empty everything out, and then um, connect with this part of her that feels the pain and then find where she physically feels it in the body. So again, if you've done a lot of therapy, if you've done a lot of awareness work, but nothing is changing. This is what I highly recommend doing because I think um, a lot of times we try to solve an emotional problem intellectually, and that's just not going to work. It's like, it's just using the wrong tool. It's like apples and oranges. You can solve an intellectual problem with your intellect, but you've got to solve an emotional problem with your emotions. You can't use intellect to do that. And since she has a fear of being vulnerable, it's not surprising that she's good at the intellectual because that feels really safe, right? You don't really have to be that vulnerable to be in your 
in your intellect. And, you know, she mentioned her mom, and I wanted to go back and do some work around that. But honestly, you know, she wasn't quite there yet. And so for you listening, I would also say a similar thing, like notice where you are. If you're having a really hard time connecting even with just yourself, and if you're having a hard time really connecting with your inner nine-year-old, or, um, you know, your own pain or your own sense of worthiness, trying to, you know, mend other relationships or be more vulnerable with friendships, parents, siblings, romantic partners, certainly, you know, you're, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse and you might even be setting yourself up for failure because you have to start with yourself first because you can only connect with someone else as deep as you're able to connect with yourself. And so a lot of times I find people say, well, I just really want to be more vulnerable. I want to trust myself. And so they like, they go out into the world and like try to heal a relationship with their mom or try to go on a date or something like that, almost to like test themselves to see that they can do it. Now they have all this awareness and then it doesn't work and it backfires and it often makes them feel worse and them back even further than they were before. So connect with yourself first and foremost before you even think about um, being vulnerable with someone else, especially a romantic partner and especially someone who might be very triggering like a parent. So if you can relate to Bailey's fear of vulnerability, here are some specific action steps that you can take. So one is to connect with and give your inner child what she needs. And what she needs is she doesn't need a lecture, that it's going to be okay, or to not worry about it. And she doesn't need a pep talk. What she needs is probably someone to hold the space for her and for her to feel love and support. So if you're in the Love Action Tribe and you're listening, then make sure you check out the Inner Child Month um, in the membership area. And then next year, we're going to have a couple months focused on healing relationships with parents, which is also can be very related to inner child work. Um, so that's coming. And if you're not in the Love Action Tribe and you would like to be, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. So enrollment is actually closed right now. However, you can get on the wait list and um, you'll be the first to know when the tribe opens back up for enrollment. And you'll also be able to get some extra goodies and bonuses just for being on the wait list. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe to get there. And the second thing is to connect with the physical sensations of your pain and anxiety. So where are you feeling it in your body? And instead of trying to get it to go away, can you invite it in, ask what it wants, ask what it wants you to know, and send some love and healing to that area of your body. And if you can really relate to our conversation, you might want to consider um, somatic therapy or dance or yoga or anything to help you just get out of your head and really move your physical body to begin to shake up some of those literally blockages um, and emotional blocks so that you can actually heal the wound and the pain rather than just intellectualize it. And again, like I said before, and I just want to say this again, before you even try to be vulnerable with someone else, you've got to do it with yourself first. And so one thing that I did is I wanted Bailey to connect with herself in a new way because she came onto the show connecting with herself as, you know, she's not vulnerable she or she has a fear of being vulnerable. And like that is like for her as true as true as the sky is blue, right? And so I wanted to create a new statement that would allow or a way that she related to herself that would allow room for um, vulnerability, but also what was believable. So if she just said, well, I connect to myself or relate to myself like I'm vulnerable. Well, that's not really true. And so by using that just general like frame of reference, isn't really going to help her move deeper into this work. But she really does... um, you know, but she really does believe that she can be really accepting and with other people. And so now it's time to turn that onto herself and she can relate to herself in that new way as she moves through this work. 
All right, so those are some of my action steps for you. And again, if you're interested in coming onto the show, then send me an email at hello at veronicagrant.com and we'll get you set up. And if there's not room and by the time you email me, not to worry, I will put you on the wait list. And next year, we will probably have some more spots open. And again, make sure you head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe if you're interested in joining the tribe in the future. And the final thing that I want to gift you is if you are interested in doing some more um, like experimental work and some more somatic work, um, I integrate a lot of this practice into my meditations, into my meditation teachings. So if you want to try that with me, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash meditation. And there you can get access to my five day totally free find real love now meditation challenge and it's on demand. So it doesn't matter when you hear this podcast, you can go over there and sign up and you'll get your first meditation right away and then you'll get day two tomorrow and so forth. So again, the link there is veronicagrant.com forward slash meditation. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. So you have them there as well. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week here on the podcast with a brand new solo episode talking about inner child work and hope to see you on Instagram. And make sure you follow along with my travels as my husband and I embark on our little pilgrimage to Peru. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.